Hi, welcome to episode 96, and we're talking about science fiction film Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which came out in 1988. Hi, and welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci fi movies and then talk about what was good and what is great. I'm sorry, and this is Mark. Hiya, it's episode 96, and we're talking about science fiction film Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which came out in 1988. In this episode, we'll reveal what we thought about the film, the ins and outs of narrative and a bit of film language, plus a deep dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmakers are proposing. Killer Clowns from Outer Space was written by Charles Chioda and Stephen Chioda, with Stephen Chioda directing. Yeah, so turn back now. This is your spoiler warning. 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 We're not going to give honk, you honk. Any, <laughs> any other <laughs> chance. Go back and watch the film and then tune in and listen to dun, us dun, talk dun, about dun, it. Because we're going to the circus, folks. Killer clowns. And this film is about a clan of evil aliens who happen to resemble clowns arrive on Earth and invade a small town in order to capture... Kill and harvest the human inhabitants to use as sustenance. Sustenance. Well, they eat them. That's what they want to do. They want to eat them. They want to turn them into fairy floss egg globes and then un- drink them. It's unclear what they turn into, but yeah. they drink them with a crazy-ass straw. Yeah. Which, because they are clowns. Oh, I'll come back to that in a minute. What was your number one takeaway from Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Sorry. My number one takeaway from Killer Clowns from Outer Space is that Sometimes you want Kiss to play your soundtrack, mm. but you can only afford Kliss. <laughs> <laughs> the, band the good that, old band Kliss, eh? The band that kind of sounds a bit like Kiss, mm. but is a bit watered down. Right. And <laughs> Kiss is not that hardcore these days anyway. Good filmmaker tip, that. When but you can't afford Kiss, go to Kliss. What I'm surprised with, though, in films these days is you know, a, a good soundtrack can really change a film. Of course. In, in fact, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you can even have like a film that's not tremendously good, but if it's mm. got a fantastic soundtrack, people will watch it yep. just to sort of see this, see yeah. and hear the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hans, but, Hans Zimmer. Don't we love a why, bit of Hans? Why not, as these people do, you know, you go, you know what, I really like the sound of who's big these days. I don't know. Billy Eilish is really big. Billy Idol. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Billy Idol? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Apparently, they're a new thing on the block. They They've, played the Perth Optus Stadium thing recently. New kids on the block. New yes. kids on the block. That's an. Are they still a band? Post Malone. Post Malone, who got kicked out of a pub for wearing thongs or something. I don't know. These are just acts that recently came to our city. Recently came to <laughs> came to Australia as well. Yeah. But why not get yourself, you go, oh, you know, we really want um, uh, an ACDC soundtrack. Yeah. But that would cost a fair, fair bit of money. Yeah. So what we're going to get is, you know, CDCA yeah. who produce riff-driven guitar rock similar. Mm. And they don't have a contract with any record labels. don't have a contract with record labels. <laughs> and they're not on Apple, iTunes anymore. But usually the way it goes, I think, is they, you know, a film will either get the big name, they'll get John Williamson in or they'll get, uh, uh, you know, Queen to do the soundtrack or something mm. like that. Or they'll just do... Get or Elvis. 
Yeah, they'll get elevator music. You know, they'll yeah, get sort of yeah. generic yeah. orchestral sounding music that mm. I'm sure I've heard in other films. Yeah. Why? Like, it, it surprised me. Why not do that third choice of it's still cheap because, you know, you get an unsigned band who mm. they're going to love being on a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just have it sound like yeah. some rocking band and go well, for it. When we, when I studied film, not I shouldn't say, when, when I studied film at uni, the tip was to kind of connect with local bands that, again, yeah, they're not, they don't have record labels or they don't have contracts and so you kind of maybe do some sort of exchange, you know, like you get to use their music, there's a promotional opportunity for them. Maybe in return you might shoot them a video clip or, uh, or you know, they're hopeful to get some sort of promotion out of the fact that your movie may do, you know, good out there. So instead of, as you said, Kiss, oh, but this local band kind of, you know, they do play hard rock music, good riffs, not quite Kiss, but, you know, it's on the way to it. Um, but I don't need to pay any money for it, you know, because quite often to get a song in a movie, it's it's around in Australian dollars like five to ten thousand dollars for a song. So, yeah, if your budget's super tight, student independent, you're not really going to waste five to ten grand on that. You don't have that. But not, not su- when you've got popcorn no. to, to to buy or <laughs> That's candy right. cap floss, yeah. But my suggestion, like in my experience, is like there's lots of composers. So mentioned Hans Zimmer before, you know, being at the top of the composing food chain is there's also just as many composers who can construct music for a film specifically and maybe a scene does need some hard rock but you know it probably doesn't need that throughout a whole film because emotionally that would be weird uh but there's plenty of composers that are also like the filmmakers writers starting out Mm. so you are better to connect to some of them and actually create that relationship rather than getting Cliss and just getting a song of Cliss <laughs> album and sticking it into this. Thing. I, I was you born know, for it, laughing with you, baby. That's you know, right. Yeah, yeah. Their famous Cliss number famous ten song. Number you know, 10, yes, that's right. <laughs> reached reach the top of the charts shortly after this film, and then that's right. Yeah, you know, that was every, oh, I don't know. It'd be good if it was. Mm. Anyway, I, I find it interesting. This um, there isn't more sort of a collaboration between you know, bands, because as you said, composers, yeah, like, uh, I mean, you see this guy, Bear Creary, he's he's really picking up his game. Okay. He, uh, yeah, because he's, he's done the, I think he did the Witcher soundtrack. Okay. He's yeah, also yeah. done like, oh, now I want to, a whole bunch of TV shows, but then also yeah. a bunch of movies and stuff. I, I should have looked him up before the episode, but it, I wasn't going to talk about Bear. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he obviously was, just a music composer mm. in, you know, probably dealing with industry, entertainment, you know, music, yeah, yeah. video is what I'm trying to say, industry. But, yeah, now he's he's come along and his name, if you keep an eye out on credits for a lot of yeah, TV right, shows cool. and movies, ranging from orchestrally type stuff to electronic to, mm. to rock pop sort of sounding stuff. Yeah, right. He's got quite a bit of range there. Um, yeah. But I, I am surprised, yeah, that like, you know, you wouldn't, Try and emulate because you're not trying to, you know, with the orchestral guys, you know, you're trying to pick up on a um, someone who will have like a thematic score and all that. Yeah. Sort of, I'm sort of more talking about, yeah, you want ACDC, you want, yeah, so you get something that sounds a lot like ACDC yeah. <laughs> but doesn't have the price tag. Yes, yeah, it's not going to be maybe probably not going to be a long term relationship, but no. you know, that's 
I'm biased, so I like guitar-driven yeah, yeah. with heavy music. So it, It's a funny one because I think when I started, like, again, when I went to uni, you, you kind of are like, I'm going to make a movie and in it I'm going to put my favourite music. Yes. You know, because it, that's how you think about it. But then probably as I've gotten a bit older and the more I've gotten into writing and then even seeing other filmmakers, you go, oh, hang on. A, a song like my favorite song or a song I really like or an artist I really like that does not match the movie that I would like to make no. or the writing the right you know the story I'm telling no I've got to have eerie violins and I, I think the other I've got problem. to have like you know or I've got to have a real electronic beat to it you know but then of course you do get those filmmakers like Quentin Tarantino is a great example that you know he he uses a song which is also for a deliberate effect in that scene, yeah. you know, and that classic example is that stuck in the middle of you from Reservoir Dogs that, you know, while Michael Mann cuts the guy's ear off, he's singing that song to him, you know. And so it's not just the song's a cool song. It's also that, well, it really symbolically and, and works for the scene. I think that's what you've got to consider is if you're, making, if you're making film and you want to include some cool songs, you've, the two have to... To go to, yeah, like, to like if yeah. people are going to hear a song, because there's lots of movies where I, you, you know, don't someone's, even hear it, yeah. you don't even know there was music. Yeah, yeah. You assume there must be, but mm. God knows what it is. Yeah. But then there are other ones where there's a real strong connection, like The Crow, mm. the yeah, movie. Yeah. The Crow itself as a movie, uh, yeah, I've watched it a few times. It's, I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But the music is what makes it. If they didn't have that soundtrack, yeah, yeah. Um, it would just be, the it would be a fine film. Yeah. Be okay. Be, yeah. Sure, yeah. But throw in that soundtrack and have a couple of moody sort of bits where the crows sitting around with you know machines of ever loving grace or whatever who they yeah, are yeah. playing their song and um, a bit of uh, Stone Temple Pilots thrown in. You know, you've, you've suddenly got uh, a really great. It's almost like a music video clip. Yeah. But it's actually an interesting movie too. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't think you can just sort of casually chuck no. things in. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I kind of like some of the music that they use in this film. Yeah, yeah. It, it struck out to me as, as um, like, like I said, it's, it's like they really wanted to have a recognisable riff and a hard thing going on, like 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 Kiss. It sort of the music was reminiscent, mm. but it backed off from that a little bit. Yes. Didn't quite get there. Didn't have the budget, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after all the clown outfits. Uh, Dear Kiss, can we have your song in Killer Clowns from Outer Space? It can't be worse than Kiss Meet the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> That's right. If, if you've seen that film, there's, there's a great YouTube guy who's going through redoing the scenes, updating the special effects and changing some of the cutting. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, cool. He, he's just an amateur too. He's not a professional. Yeah. But his changes are pretty good. That's, um, you know, he sort of updates some of the bits and pieces, the explosions and yeah. things. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me though. Uh, how many times have you seen this film now? This is the first time, but the reason why I, I deliberately wanted to watch this when it popped up on the streaming service thing was I remember as a kid seeing this as a VHS, you know, in the sci-fi horror kind of section, and but just never got to watch it for some weird-ass reason because I did watch so many of these types of films. And again, once I started watching it, you could see that structure of the story roll out really obviously uh and so i was really i was interested watching this going okay well how's that going to play out what do they do here that's a little bit different and and why is this you know such a film that people come back to uh but yeah it was my first time total first time 
First time. Uh, and I just watched it by myself uh, on the laptop. And, yeah, it was, a, it was an enjoyable experience. It's a quick film. Uh, and it's definitely, I think, fits into, you know, that 80s genre of sort of uh, low-budget horror, B-grade sort of horror sci-fi films that were around maybe a little bit like, you know, Critters and those. Oh, it had know, a very Critters um, troll. Just troll, yeah. Uh, um, and, and What's even, the one where they all come out of the earth? It's, no, nah, it's one of, like one of the, yeah. The know. ones where they, you know, they dig up out of the earth little creature things. And that basket case was one of them as well. Yeah. Where there's like just a, a monster in a basket. That yeah. Was, oh, it's, yeah. And leprechaun. and <laughs> Yeah, yep. the leprechaun's another one actually, yeah. yeah. So those those sort of ones, I think it fits in well. Uh, you and I have gone to the Little Sci-Fi, Little Planet Sci-Fi Film Festival. I think, I think actually if I was to sit down or suggest to people to watch this film, it'd be great to watch it probably communally, you know, like mm. with a group of people. There's some real laugh out loud moments and there's some sort of moments of like, I think they're cheesy now because it's 30-plus years later, you know, and the special effects are a little bit different. And, yeah, there is a couple of moments that are a little bit cringy. You know, you and I have also gone to that Black Maria Collective, you know, and we saw a film that night, oh, like that. Night Beast or Night was, Beast, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, just seeing those kind of things where there's some scenes that I think haven't have dated a fair bit, you know, and so it would be better to maybe watch them in a in a room full of people, you know, where you're just kind of snacking and eating and talking and I, I think, yeah, you know, you enjoying yourself. You probably do need, like, another film from that time. As you said, yeah. things things like uh, I just Porky's, I Porky's, think you mentioned yeah, before yeah. we started recording, it's similar sort of Porky's or yeah, Animal yeah. House. Animal or, House is no one. Uh, or, yeah, like Troll or Troll, Leprechaun yeah. or Leprechaun, Critters yeah. or... I'm the Leprechaun. Ghoulies. <laughs> Ghoulies. Oh, yeah, Ghoulies. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, I think if you if you went and watched a bunch of those movies, this one just slots right in. You know? oh, yeah, so, yeah. And yeah, it was one that I when it popped up, I thought, hey, I, I never saw that. But you know, it was at the video shop, and uh, yes, I'm old enough for VHS. Uh, and I'm I was in like, the same I boat. The cover, you know, I yeah. remember that cover as well, and, yeah. the, and the, the creepy clown face, yes. big grin, and I remember sort of seeing that along with these other films as we we mentioned. Uh, and there's a, a few of them like the the Howling and Wolfen yeah. and yeah. Chud and yeah you know, a few of these films <laughs> that I sort of would see and would move on. Like Toxic Avenger would be the in Toxic there. Toxic Avenger, like, yeah. I'd see these films and I'd kind yeah. of not quite get them. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't quite. I I, I don't know. Wasn't I was either concerned about watching them or at the time I was looking for something different. Yeah. 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 And so this was the first time you saw this. First time I saw it. Yeah. So I was I was pleased to be able to finally. Watch this film. Watch one of these films. This sort of eighties, you know, schlock. Yes, it was good. Did you have a scene that stuck out to you at all? Yeah, I I did. There's, uh, there's a couple there. When <laughs> so uh, there's actually several, but one of them that I quite liked was the police car. Uh, they're driving along and they see the clan doing the shadow puppets. Yeah. And the shadow yeah, puppet comes in, cool. eats all the people. Yeah. And so the guy slams on the accelerator to ram the clown. Yeah. And, of course, it doesn't really ram. It just kind of bumps in the wall. <laughs> it turns out they, they rented all these cars and so yeah. they, they didn't want to damage them. <laughs> yeah. So they actually lost one of the cars by accident off a bridge. <laughs> so that was a bit of a shame. It was just supposed to roll, but it, it went all the way off. Yeah. But he bumps in and then he, the clown jumps up out of the way and the guy jumps out of the clown, looks up and goes, he just left. He just went... Straight up, <laughs> the delivery With of that, that exact delivery. Yeah, that delivery that he did was just—it was spot on for one of those, you know, sort of cornball cult 
you know, sort of lines. Yes. Um, it was, yeah, it struck. I, I had to, I actually laughed out loud just because <laughs> he said that in that way. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are other ones that, again, where these clowns are doing various funny things and yeah, not because the things they're doing was funny, but the delivery of it and the fact that they even included it in a movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think there's always that, like, there's funny moments in these types of 80s films because of the time difference. And I do wonder, like, if you'd seen this at the movies when it came out in the dark and maybe you're a teenager or something, like, you might have been totally spooked because it, it is just there's a bit of a there's a bit of a time lag here, isn't there? Mm. There's a bit of a special effects lag on a low-budget 80s film. And that, um, well, those clown heads, uh, they, they looked really good. Like The clown heads are great, yeah. Chiodo brothers who did this, their main gig is doing um, VFX yeah, spot, and spot, uh, stop motion and claymation yeah. and, and rubber suits. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. their, their bag. And definitely that's the strength of this. Yeah, you, As you said, the clown faces are very animated. The teeth, there's drool. There's a lot of motion and a movement Lots in their faces. Wrinkles and creases. And- yeah. And there's also a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different clown faces, you know, like yeah. it wasn't just one. So they've gone to that effort of, of, you know, rinse and repeating different looks, there's different sized clowns. But yeah, there was a couple in particular that there's a real attention to detail in the, in the face and how the face moved. Cause that's always a thing. Like it's one thing to have like a, a mask. But then to actually have the mask move, yeah, you know, the, like the way they, they, they grinned and waggled yeah. their eyes and mm. um, opened and closed their mouths and things, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, quite it was awesome. That yeah, quite definitely, special. yeah, and that's something to look back on. But I do, yeah, I do wonder, like you, you, that time lag difference, technology, camera shots, how that always plays out, and whether a film survives the time lag. But I do think, yeah, if we watch this at that little um, planet sci-fi festival, I think there'd just be that communal experience, you know. So I think if you had the chance to watch this, if I had a chance to watch it again, it would be in a in a in a group of people. I think, and, yeah. You know, and nibbles and talking and just and, enjoying and I think those that's moments. the idea of being a teen movie. Is, yeah. is it is supposed to be like a. On a VHS, yeah. you, you rent it out with at a party at a or something, over and, a party, whatever. Yeah. yeah, or you've all gone to the cinema and you just need something to watch, That's so you right, watch something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah just for good. the fun of it. Yep. So a big question though: How sci-fi was it? Yeah, it's a good question. So the clowns were not clowns as we know them; they were aliens. Aliens. Yeah. There wasn't an alien spaceship that landed. They then were doing experiments, some sort of experiment on the humans. Something. They would turn them into these fairy floss eggs. Reminded me a lot of like Mimic, I think is the movie uh, from the 90s, how the alien creature kind of turns the humans into eggs and then they're using something with the eggs. I'm pretty sure that's Mimic. No, no, Mimic's the cockroach one. Uh, Oh, no, that's the cockroach one. You're thinking of... the other one with the which one am I a, thinking of? There is one where they there's a sexy turn woman the, scene and then she turns into a big monster. Yeah, um, which one is that? Oh my oh. goodness, it's it's like mimic. It's more like uh, someone's going to have to. Yeah, someone. We need someone to call in. Don't yeah, we? Call in. Call and help we us need out. to dial yeah. a friend. But uh, yeah, just, there is one. Uh, there, I remember there's one that's eggs. And, and I mean, you and I both said straight away. Well, this film is kind of narratively like the Blob, and I think that's the thing. You go back to the Blob, which we've done previously. You know, an alien lands in a small town and kind of infects the town and takes over the town. Uh, and the invasion of the body snatchers, you know, yeah. that's the other one that we've already done as well. And 
you know, so that's a similar thing like, you know, that this alien lands and then starts to spread throughout the town. So, I mean, how sci-fi is it? It is sci-fi that to that point, right? Like if you take mm. out them, they could be clowns. They could be human clowns that are sacrificing humans, I guess, and then that would be just a horror. Yeah, I think that one of the key points here is towards the end they're kind of speculating on what why? they are yeah. and what they're doing and why. And I like one of the guys, I think the one of the Terenzi brothers, <laughs> he says, oh, well, maybe they're like ancient astronauts. Yeah. And this is how we got the concept of clowns. Yes. Was there like a recreation that these guys stop in every now and then? <laughs> and like, you know. So it's in our human it's like it's It's been imprinted and it's like a yeah. recreation we do. Yeah. And we've misunderstood the clowns, you know, like yeah, yeah. we're dealing with it through humor, but in fact... It's it's not, and I, I quite like that, and I yeah. think that brings home a bit of that science fiction element there, it where does, it's kind of it? like, it's not just some random, like, like it could have just been random, like you said, psychopaths yeah. dressed as clowns, they're like yeah. scream, yeah, uh, except it wasn't. No, There's, it, it introduces this idea of linking um, our psychology and our our human mm. existence through to well. Aliens arrive, mm. which is a which is a um, a thought experiment that people put in. He's like, you know, humans have arose, came to sentience relatively fast. I mean, dinosaurs were around for one hundred and fifty odd mm. million years, and as far as we know, they never became sentient or mm. capable of technology. And and I mean, the idea of a clown, like you know, as far as I know, you know, people have these kind of horrifying ideas of clowns, but then also I see like a clown has probably evolved from that traditional courtyard jester yeah. who was there to entertain the you know the royal family in times of seriousness to kind of break up the seriousness but there is you know that's that version of it but then you do think kings and queens used to like behead people in public yes, you know yeah. like and and that was the entertainment for the crowd and so then the jester would come out and you do think well imagine what that clown would be like yeah, it would be a like, bit of that's a, a bit of a that's not the a clown more serious that a clown is yeah, going on there. That, that's not the clown that is, you know, that would maybe come to a kids party or Ronald McDonald clown. Like that's a that's a kind of clown entertaining a different audience, isn't it? Yeah, you're picking up a severed head and playing with a <laughs> yeah. the mouth making it like talk. Yeah, that's right. You will so, make a dummy out of me. That's right. So how much and then also the concept of maybe the jester just being the butt of everyone's joke. So it's kind of like that were they really almost like a prisoner. And so, yeah, there's a lot to read into it. I'm sure there's thesis statements out there about them. Yeah, I mean, if you've written your PhD doctorate on gestures... The history of gestures. <laughs> then please, by all means, Send get it in touch. Away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's enough sci-fi in this film. I, I think so. It, it is It is basically science fiction-y. It does explore uh, some concepts in a light-hearted way, mm. um, you know, about, you know, what we perceive as one thing but it's another you know like we see these things as clowns but it's just coincidental or is this yeah. historical uh, and i kind of like that they didn't dwell too much on that because it isn't meant to be a particularly mm. serious film yeah which brings me to the question of uh, warning hope or experiment uh, uh this is just warning i reckon yep. this is just a pure warning this film fear of the other yeah fear of the unknown uh, the alien that comes down, and as you said, that scene where they do sort of debate why are they here? Uh, he, you know, the police officer says a really good line in that conversation, which is, 
oh, well, why don't they just talk to us? You know, if they were here to kind yeah, of... Yeah, they're, they're intelligent. Like, they're obviously intelligent. Why wouldn't they actually want to talk to us? And I, and, and that that is not explored in the film. Again, the film is not really that serious. But, yeah, that's the thing. So any alien that comes here, Independence Day is a good example. So I just come here to destroy. You yeah. know, like there's no negotiation. They're coming here to use a resource, right? And we're in their way. Or we are or, the resource. Or we are the resource <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Though they just don't have farms of their yeah. own or whatever. but Which is great. Matrix, we are the resource, right, for yeah. the AI. We're the battery. Here, we're the sustenance. Don't know why I can't say that word right now, but I can't. We are the food. Well, so it's yeah, the same idea. That's the other idea floated here is that they just maybe they're just on their way through somewhere else and yeah. they stopped in for a well, snack. We need, bit we of need a break. to eat some food, yeah, fill up the, the cupboard because it does seem like they're filling up the pantry, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah they're just going to muck about a bit and yeah. take some stuff. Why not? We're fun. harmless. Like we're just, they've got the weaponry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a bit of fun. So, so how about uh, what are we getting up to these days, science fiction wise, movie wise, creatively? Well, for me, yeah, I'm in a real writing phase. So I've uh, I've sort of said last episode of um, planning out a low-budget feature um, and, yeah, I've been spending a good couple of hours each week uh, actually sitting down to plan that. Um, also probably want to do a short film during this year, so that's also part of the process. Uh, so, yeah, more is going to start happening. It's sort of... Um, you're, you're building a house at the moment. I'm laying yeah. those foundations. So it's like, okay, these are my ideas. Which idea am I going to pick? Which one's got a bit more legs or which one am I more interested in? Does that kind of match my theme? So I feel like I've kind of done that now for the last uh, three or four weeks and, and now I'm ready to start, you know, digging a lot deeper and scratching and filling out those scenes that you start to get. So I'm hopeful to document a bit of that as well like I want to kind of video myself doing a bit of that this time around as well um so just to kind of go through the actual process of it because I am thinking with the feature film it's just going to be low budget so like these guys I won't be having Kiss in it I'll be having Cliss I have to give them a phone call yep give them a phone um, call. <laughs> another gig after all these years uh get the band back together Kiss uh, Cliss Cliss I'm in the writing phase which is exciting I that, like the writing phase. <laughs> that is pretty cool. How about yourself? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm doing my writing, of course. I've got that book that I've, I've gone through chapter by chapter. I've worked out all the things. I've, I've noticed there's some you know, good bits that I think, oh, that's actually really kind of cool and very mm-hmm. interesting. Bits where I was, I was reading the chapter and it wasn't until I sort of got to the end that I remembered I was supposed to be taking notes to figure out what's going on. I went, oh, actually, that, that's a good chapter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, cool. at the same time, I've started reading a uh, – Peter Hamilton science fiction mm-hmm. and just sort of paying attention to the way that book is structured because um, there's always something good to learn from these things. Mm. But the other thing I've been working on is getting a new business up and running for my son mm-hmm. so where I'm teaching him how to make websites mm. because he needs something for when he drops out of high school yep. and, you know, he hikes his way around Australia and gets kidnapped by... Um, aliens. Killing clients. Yeah, <laughs> aliens out somewhere near Karatha and is held, you know, captive and he has to escape and save the world. Websites he, can save him. He, he could help. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how websites are going to help him. To tell you the truth, I should probably teach him survival skills like, you know, hunting and cooking, fighting aliens. Yeah, that's right. But we'll start with websites. So that'll be exciting. And then we have, of course, our film festival. We do. We've got a couple of uh, 
progressions. Mm. Is that the right? I think <laughs> is it is. Progress reports. We're very close. So we've got contract back from uh, Mr. Stephen Dedman. Ooh. He's a uh, an award winning writer. Yep. He works also at the local Murdoch University as a writing tutor. Yeah. And he's recently written an anthology series that includes, I think it's called. Uh, I'll have a look at what it's called, Doing Proper Justice. But yeah. uh, it's got a number of short stories in there um, which are to do with alternate worlds, um, perceptions of reality awesome. and so forth. Yeah, so sci-fi, uh, published sci-fi also. Yes, so he will be coming along to do a workshop. It'll be a two-hour hands-on. You'll be doing some writing exercises. This is this is actually going to get you brains thinking creatively and a chance to do a bit of writing with someone who knows a thing or two about writing and how Fantastic. to teach it and how to um, do it. Cool. And what about, have we got confirmation of our filmmaking No, yet? we don't have a contract signed, so um, we probably should not no, say it yet. We're, we're, but we'll be on the conservative side just we're in, in we're in the We're in the contract negotiation. Yeah. Um, 99% there, I'd say. Which is, which is pretty good because... Yeah. You wouldn't bother negotiating the contract unless you're intending to sign yeah. it. You know, otherwise you're wasting everyone's time. We've had a we've had a verbal yes or you know an email yes, but we haven't had the contract. Yeah, so I think by the time we get to the next episode, we'll be able to announce who our filmmaker yeah. is. Yeah. And and that'll be cool because yeah. then we've got venues, yeah. we've got uh, workshops, and we've got a filmmaker to lead us in. And we've got films coming in, which is fabulous. Films coming in, they're still yeah. coming in. So that's pretty good. If you're still, you've still got time to submit your yeah, film, but deadlines. hopefully you're in the editing stage and looking at getting Cliss on board Yes, to do your soundtrack. If you're at that stage, get them, get the crack weapon and <laughs> get the music into it and get submitting because we are in the late deadline phase. And then I think there's one final death, super the late death, death knock <laughs> phase. Please lecturer can i have an extension phase there's no extensions beyond that one but there is that last couple of week deadline thing will cost you a couple extra bucks so come on get it in save yourself from a bit of money because we've got to watch all these films yes we do uh but and we're happy to do that and get in touch with you and have a little chat about your films as well but if uh if you're on that finish line get it done i did see a local filmmaker tag us um, he's a guy that's made a feature film before, uh, not sci-fi for the feature, but he's made a short sci-fi and I saw he tagged Space Brains. So cool. saying that he's all wrapped and it's edited and it's in the can. So I don't know if he's submitted it or not, but I saw that. I was like, oh, that's exciting. So, yeah, if you're out there anywhere, locally, nationally, internationally, get your film in. Get it get, in. Get it in now. Get it in. <laughs> all right, let's move into Act 2 of the podcast and start talking about... The film will just uh, go through some narrative, some of the key film language, things that stood out to us. I think this one, you know, costume like we were talking about before is important. Um, also some connection to other films. And then um, we'll get into some more details about the narrative and uh, other parts of it and the science behind it in Act 3 of the podcast. So for some details about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, as we mentioned before, Charles Chiodo and Stephen Chiodo wrote this film. Uh, Stephen also directing. They produced it. It's a low-budget kind of independent film. They have had numerous kind of suggestion, whispers, internet, threads about sequels 
that have just never been actually Sequels, made. A TV series. TV series. I do think that this could make a very good Netflix or streaming platform TV show if you really thought about it and, like, really investigated what these killer clowns, yeah, their origin and where they came some from. Good, yeah, Comedic writers in as yeah, well. Like, yeah, you know. I think. Well, that's the question, isn't it? It's like, would you make it maybe a little bit more serious, get, like, and then get just Sam, have some beats? Sam Raimi in from the Evil Dead series? Yeah, with- you know, yeah, that would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? So, yeah, and just, um, I think, I think, like we were talking about before, if the whole premise is that they're aliens that have come to here, and this is why we have clowns, there's a big story arc in that, isn't there? Oh, so, you, you could have the uh, the clowns turning up in medieval times. Everyone right. would love to see that, that's where they it, turn yeah. the ca- You could talk about jester. their origins, right? Like, this yeah. is the whole thing. So, yeah, I think there would be potential there for a TV show. So, you know, maybe just a limited series, like a one-off series thing. Oh, but, yes. but that'd be cool. Um, who should play the killer clown? That would also be the other thing is could we get oh, someone guard. Yeah. There's a lot to choose from. Yes. I mean, who was it? Alexander, was it Alexander who did it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's already done a clown. Yeah. So you'd have to get one of the other seven Skarsgård brothers <laughs> who are all absolutely killing it these days. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it stars Grant Kramer, Susan Snyder, John Allen Nelson, Royal Dana, and John Vernon, who, look, John Vernon... You look him up and he's got a resume that goes on and on and on. He's oh, all sorts huge. of TV, all sorts of stuff, right? But I don't know what it was about this guy and his voice, and I've heard it in something, is his voice, and I just couldn't nail it down when I watched he, this. He but... is the dean in Animal House. Yeah. He was the mayor in, oh, gosh, it's just something slipped away. He's, he's kind of like in everything and he's been a cop and he's been a, yeah, as you said, like the mayor and the um, principal and, and it's all sorts mm. of stuff. Like it goes on and on and on in IMDb, but I couldn't nail exactly where the voice was in my head, but it's from some other movie or TV show and, yeah. But he was great. How great was he? <laughs> he was, I loved him. He was fantastic. He was not going to be uh, tricked by all these no. kids. and but uh, The way he know. delivered a line had... It's the actor's subtext. It's There's, there's something behind his line... Yeah. It doesn't really exist, you know. He, he so, was he was probably a slightly stronger actor at this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that a lot of these guys went on to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them, you know, quite well known films, like not yeah. major parts. But yeah. so I don't doubt they went on. But you could you could tell it. Oh, Jono, there he yeah, had he, he was a he had some chops actor, right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, it was filmed in the United States, um, just locally. You know, as you were talking about before, rented. I saw it was on the Santa Barbara Pier. Were some of the scenes? I think probably the animal, the clown house, and stuff like yeah. that, the amusement park. Um, so it's real low budget stuff. Budget came in at one point eight mil, and the box office turned massive, forty three million. So this must have been a real big smash hit at the time. I, I, mean, I think. I think as you like, said, huge. If we're putting it in the context of those things like Troll and Critters, yeah. and then you've because they were kind of getting a little bit more and more ridiculous as they yeah, went along, yeah, and there yeah. was like. Uh, yeah, there's that Santa Claus one mm. and Leprechaun and like, and then there's this one about killer clowns. I think people were just were getting a bit hyped up for this idea of these sort of rubber monsters <laughs> killing people for almost no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't seem to be much Didn't reason. Didn't really for it. need much of an actual reason behind them coming here or anything. It was just like, no, oh, we just want to see this ridiculous. I, I, so I, I think they sort of they got the timing of when to release this film right. I think so. And a lot of people must have gone in because I, I've laughed 
I actually laughed a couple of times. Yeah, in this yeah. yeah, it made me laugh. Sometimes I laughed because it was just so dumb or ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like it's the killer Still clowns for laugh. crying out loud. But, yeah. but I laughed or, or maybe it was yeah something that didn't age very well mm. um, or actual like the the comedy of it, the, yeah. the pie scene at yeah. the end with the, the security guy getting pied to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, he's, he's facing off against these clowns and he says, hey, what are you guys going to do with those pies? <laughs> That's right. And, and then just, and the thing and is. And of course, you just, it's just, it's, yeah, you know exactly what they're going to yeah. do with those pies. It's just, and then they do it and it's just, it's too much. Like yeah. it's too ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It'd be interesting to speak to the Chiodo brothers about that because it's kind of like, even that scene's a perfect example. It's like, well, a clown does a pie in the face and it's kind of supposed to be funny, but then a pie in the face can be a bit mean. And then like a hundred pies <laughs> from mystical alien clowns. Well, yeah, it's deadly. Like you die from that. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's not slapstick this movie, but it's that sort of borderline between how how ridiculousness is it and how, would, like, actually creepy is it? I would like to ask these guys, how was there anything that was going too far and they decided not to put it in? Like, yeah, is there anything was on the anything editing too room silly? Floor? Like, there's someone, mm, no, that's that's going a little bit too ridiculous. Because yeah. even the balloon dog, right? <laughs> like, the balloon dog, right? Like, it's a cool idea, that balloon dog, right? Like, it's a dog. It's a, it's an alien dog. It's <laughs> But it's, it's a balloon dog, right? So uh, even that in its own is ridiculousness, but it, yeah, I don't know, the aliens, there's a bit of mystic power yeah. science going on there. I know. Did <laughs> a balloon dog that way. That cracked me up. Because he's sitting there tying a balloon yeah. animal and you're like, what is this about? And, and then, then it's yeah, it's, it starts barking, it runs out and it yeah. bends its nose down and sniffs and, yeah. and, and you're just going, at, at what point do you guys go, nah, that, that's too silly. That's too much. And they've got a gun that shoots popcorn. Yeah. Really... You're really going to have a gun that shoots popcorn? <laughs> but then the popcorn are little creature things, and I liked that. Little I thought that was kind clowns. of like, yeah, that, I thought that was kind of cool that those, you know, when she hopped out of the bath and they're kind of like just stretching, like, you know what I mean, across yeah. the floor. I was it, like, well, that's actually creepy. That is creepy. And it also does explain why circuses always sell popcorn, and, yeah. but nobody wants to eat it. Because <laughs> yeah. they're just bugs. Although it sort of reminded me a bit of that Futurama episode where they get the uh, those little... They look like little shrimp bites. Yes, they they have they call them popples, popplers or something. Yeah. It was like that or testicles. Yeah, <laughs> because that's it. And they're actually the larvae of the aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, but everyone kept eating them. <laughs> yes. So we do like to break narrative down into a three act structure: good storytelling, good scripts, good um, stories themselves tend to fit into these three-act structures. So we have a beginning, we have a middle, we have an end. Um, this is all based on some of the big uh, writing teachers out there, Campbell, Snyder, McPhee, Field. But, hey, go look at a book, go rent a movie uh, and see if you can notice three big moments in the film, the first act, the second act and the third act. Uh, sorry, we. what happens in the first act? Now, let's take a bit of inspiration from this film and say we have a washed-up clown that can't get a gig. And, uh, you know, so he's trying for his dream is to be, you know, the world's most famous clown. Of course, clowns are on the nose. We've had it. We've had these type of movies. 
you have the Joker, it's not really cool to be a clown. You know, like what kids really want to be a clown? You know, people are moving more away from the fast food generation of things like McDonald's as well. And this is what Act 1 has got to do. It's got to establish the fact that we're in a world where being a clown, like this guy Mm. wants to be a circus clown, like not just a stand-up comedian. He actually wants to be wearing a costume doing sort of funny prank type yep. stuff, squirting people in the face with salt yeah, or water. I, so I'm just going to chuck in there as well as a bit of a rule. This is not the Joker. So it's not, I don't want it to be as dark as the Joker. No, it's you know not what the I mean? Joker. So this is the thing. This is more of a, you know, coming of age story. I but think. this is, this is we, we have to have the introduction of the world. Yeah, so the, the world shows this guy, he's Trying studying to be an clown school or something yeah. or other. Um, but there's sort of uh, the study he's in, the lecturer is more talking about um, the irony of the clown and the other comedians that, you know, they're looking at the history of it, but you can see he's, you know, he's sort of drawing face makeup yeah. ideas. Water they, spouting out of flowers. Yeah, with other and, and little like sort of prank joke things like mm. here's, a, here's a trick bow tie. He's kind of designing, doodling while everyone else is coming up with, you know. Uh, Elaborate. Sort of. Uh, magic. Pol- political styled monologues yeah. that they're going to introduce things with. Yeah, like, uh, and so we get this sort of introduction, and, and he meets his, um, you know, his best friend as they're coming out. And the best friend is like, "Yeah, no, I'm dropping out. I'm going to go get a, a real job. Yeah, there's no, he... there's no future in clowning. No. Um, you know, maybe some of the Stan McCoonians might be able to just scrape by, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, and. They, they head off. So this is the introduction. It's the world. We get to have some of these characters, but we have to have an inciting incident. We've mm-hmm. got to have something which, because at the moment we don't know what the show's about, no. this, this story. Where is it headed? Why is it going? Let's just say that the, uh, the guy, he, in, in his disappointment in what his friend said, you know, he's stumbling home from uh, having watched what used to be one of his heroes, clowns, but, you know, just... Not getting, you're getting booed off stage, mm. and so he's walking home feeling a bit dejected. And he goes into an alleyway to sort of, um, you know, dodge a crowd of people coming past because he's wearing a clown T-shirt, isn't he? He doesn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. But then he finds like a, um, like a, like a little, you know, those flowers that you put in your lapel and it squirts water. He finds one of those, mm. but he finds that when he he sort of squeezes it, there's sort of some sort of electricity goes on around it, and, yeah, and Briefly, there's sort of almost like a shimmering image of some other place or some other thing, mm. and you know he he goes, "Yes, I'm going to uh, hide this," and he grabs it and he runs off uh, and back to his home. And mm. so the, the inciting incident here is, as the audience, we go, "Ah, okay." So he's discovered some piece of technology which has shown him, like, like we don't know what it has shown. It's, it's like a, a bit like the, the MacGuffin light in Pulp Fiction, like open yeah. the briefcase. Don't know what's in there, but it shines light on everyone. Everyone wants it. Mm. It's the same sort of thing. This thing is technology, a bit of electricity, you know, and a glimmering thing that he's sort of seen. Mm. And he's gone off with it. And he's, you know, so that's the inciting incident. So now as the audience, we go, oh, he might be able to do something. Is he going to yeah. get revenge? Is he going to prove everyone wrong and, you know, come up with like the best prank ever yeah uh or you know is it going to take a darker turn we don't we're not sure yeah uh so yeah he takes down but he's got a debate and the debate i think will come in when his friend flatmate it's going to be comes back from job interview got job interview he's working at you know mchappy town burgers (laughs) 
And he goes, well, you know, it's, it's just a stepping stone, you know, uh, you know, how, how would, how did you go? How was the gig? You know, are, are you still doing your clown thing? And it's at this moment here, he's got to make that decision. Mm. He's holding this, this magical, you know, this, this technology that he's found and he's thinking about his future. Does he reveal it? Does he chuck it out? Does he go with it? And of course, in order to go into act two, he goes with it. Mm. And so he says to his mate, check this out. Yeah. This is going to make me famous. Yes. And so then act two. Act two. So he does it and it does. His friend loves the performance. He puts on this pin yes. and it makes him a super clown. Like yeah, it makes him funny. It like makes that. him cheery. It, 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 it basically just amplifies everything he wished for. Yes. And as the performer. So he, the fun and games now is, of course, he shows his friend. His friend thinks it's like the best performance he's ever done. He tells someone else. He books a gig. The gig goes really well. The gig's at McHappy Fun Time yeah, Burgers, he, he of kind course. Of gets That's him how in. he gets yeah, it in he there. He kind of gets him in there and first people like another clown, but then, you know, they really love this performance because of it's not him, it's this glow it's this yes, extra it's thing. Almost like a, it's a hologram. A hologram of, thing. So it's not like success. he's just a clown. So he's he's doing that and, and then, you know, that people talk about that and he wants to be booked and then maybe we have... Because all this is is the fun and games. This is the trailer, you know, as an audience where on the ride he's a clown that's got a special em, emulet bracelet thing that kind of gives him a super clown power. <laughs> and Super clown, there clearly we Clearly we, we would have some really good gags yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because we'd... Hint at them in the trailer. You yeah. don't want to show the actual game no. on the trailer, but you'd hint at a couple of these sort of yeah. funny things, and you'd you'd have at least one good set piece, which was which is going to be that one that everyone's like talking about. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's got to be something there where where someone does something. I, yeah, I'm not and tremendously funny myself, so I wouldn't know what they'd do, but it no, would be funny. We're we're just pitching the story here, sorry. Yeah. But then you know, so the stage gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and large, and the audience gets larger and larger, and he's flashed across front pages of newspapers, so he's getting his fame and mm. all these sorts of things. Uh, and as I said, the audience could be, and he could even be tested. You could throw a test in there where someone in the audience, maybe Ooh. from clown school, boos him. Heckles you know? him hard, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't surrender to that. He actually, with this emulet, makes it part of the act and, and overcomes it. Oh, all right. Yes. And so, you know, it's a great, you know, this is an all upbeat fun and games. So he's heading towards what we'd say is a midpoint, the false victory. False. So by the time he gets to the midpoint, he's achieved that goal that he kind of had at the start. Um, and so then at the midpoint, he's got to, he thinks he's win. We've got to now have it kind of turn a bit upside down. Oh, I think his fame, maybe the fact that he's being splashed around, somebody recognizes this technology. Yeah. He's like, they see the lapel flower. Mm. And there's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like they go, oh, that's where that's gotten off to. That yes. was, you know, stolen from this spacecraft. Yes. Like, you know, there's a secret tech lab. Maybe we don't even know what it's stolen no. from, but secret tech lab for some reason has this this um, piece of technology mm. and it got taken by, a, you know, a thief, one of yep. these naughty people that, that want to get this technology out there and he's ended up with it. So now he's going to become, he gets targeted. So... While he's preparing for that gig, you know, that, the rule mm. of the victory gig, yep. it turns out that, you know, he's just starting up and then like the, the fire alarm goes off and those sprinklers come down and that kind of shorts out his little 
tech yeah. and everyone has to evacuate and it just totally ruins yeah. his big thing. And that's where someone like, yeah, tries to capture him and he has to run for it. Yeah. And I, I would say that they, yeah, the, the tech is no longer works. Yeah, so, it's a bit glitchy. You yeah. know, and so he maybe he's cornered by this thief or whatever, so we're heading to sort of bad guys closing in. So the show's been a disaster. These guys are catching it, catching up to him. He doesn't know who they are. There's also maybe then the people that design the tech don't want to hurt him. They just want to get the tech back. And so it's kind of all culminating. And when he gets to cornered, he thinks, oh, I can put on a performance to get myself out of here. But the tech doesn't work. It fails. And you know, it fails on him. It, and so maybe he even tries to fall back on his yeah, clown training, but because he'd just been relying on the tech, he did, yeah, he had he nothing. actually doesn't have it really, yeah. right? And they all laugh at him and just take the tech away. <laughs> they laugh at him, not with him. Not with him, yeah. And yeah. so he's kind of kicked to the curb, basically. Oh, no, um, and you know, it. at the same time, that opportunity could have been like, Oh, you know, your show was a was a disaster, the the fire alarm went off and everyone got wet. But that's okay. We'll put on another show. The biggest promotion in town will put you on in front of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yes. You know, it's going to be the biggest gig of your lifetime, be national televised, whatever, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, I can do that, but he doesn't have the tech. No. So, you know, he, he's got this now, he's got this big gig coming up, but he doesn't have the tech. So what's he going to do? No, well, look, yeah, like, one thing, he, he thinks he catches one of these thieves. He, he thinks oh. so. He's chasing after it. But in fact, no. The guy he catches is actually one of the researchers who mm. also doesn't have it. Yes, and he really wants to get it back because he's in trouble. Yeah, because he's the one who lost it, and he's trying to get it back before he gets yeah. fully found out. He's been delaying, <laughs> and so we do get a brief up period there where we think, "Oh, he's he's going to do it," and then it turns out actually he just found someone who's in just as bad a place as he and is. The researcher actually explains that this tech keeps the Earth rotating. Oh, no. And so they really just need it back. You know, like he's, sure, great. It makes his performance the best thing anyone's ever seen. But if we don't get it back on the satellite, the Earth's it's actually gonna... It's actually the performance of some scientist yeah. who's, you know, it's, it's enhancing his yeah. F- yeah, physics equations but and his knowledge it's, so it's to save the to Earth. To save everyone. Yes. So what's, what's more, you know, your career, your little, you know, performance or the actual planet? And, and at this stage, he's kind of thinking, yeah, my performance. Yeah. Obviously. So he desire, devises a plan with the researcher. Hey, well, this, let's, and this is what gets us into Act 3. You know where the bad guys are or where they might be. I really want this thing. I can help you. You can't really get anyone else to help you mm. because you lost this thing without your boss knowing. The planet's only got another day of rotation left in it. Let's go get it together. Yeah. And so he, he actually digs up some of his old original material. Yeah. That he'd been sort of trying, but he, he's a bit rusty on it, but he figures, okay, well, like I reckon there's some gold in here. So what I'll do is I'll go and I'll distract the bad guys with my amazing comedy because yeah. I'm pretty funny. While you, know, you sort of sneak around and get this device. Mm. And, and, and you know what would be nice in there yeah. is a little moment where he kind of is like, oh, I don't know how to help you. I mean, I can come help you. And then he, he kind of accidentally trips over and the research is like, that's really funny. Oh, you know, like he's finally gets someone that thinks it's funny. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, I could do some more like that. Yeah, you do more and, tricks like and that. And this is this is Act 3 is this, yeah, this is gathering the resources yeah. and they, they come forward to try Got and plan. their plan. They get, they're going to go in there and he starts the... 
the because uh, the bad guy has a nightclub. Oh yeah, of course. Of and course. so he goes in there and manages to you know just sneak in past the security guards, and he goes on. Uh, Un, unplanned, ever, unannounced, and yeah, people go, on oh, stage. okay, I guess this must be the next yeah. comedy act. And the actual comedy act sort of in the back there trying to, you know, get himself done up. And, yeah. and then he starts hearing the show going on. He goes, what? Yeah. And so this is where he starts trying to do his comedy routine. And at first it seems okay. Yeah, there's a couple of laughs. Yeah, he, he then goes and, and tries one of his jokes, which, you know, is... A bit, maybe it's a bit dated. You know, yes. it's, it's sort of, you know, the funny thing that you know about women drivers is <laughs> the audience goes dead silent. Yeah. And then he tries the water in the flower. And, and he goes, is, is, you should be courteous to them. I, hey, waka, waka, waka. You know, he tries, <laughs> I mean, everyone's just like, what the hell is this guy's? Yeah, go back to the 90s, fella. Yep. Take, your, take your jokes back to the 90s. They, they want it. And then Chris Rock sort of walks off sad looking, oh, I was going to do the whole what white guy look like when he's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, and so we, we do. We get this hiccup because you've got to have – you can't have the plan just go off. Yeah. So as he's kind of getting uh, negative feedback from the audience here, the guy trying to sneak in to get the device – Suddenly awesome. finds that the people have lost interest mm. and they're coming back and he's and like he's caught. He's there one hand on the device as a guy comes on in. Just then we have to get the turnaround. Yeah. We've got to get the the um the, the new comedy the, the old comedy guy who was supposed to come on comes running onto the stage to grab the mic off, uh, you know, clown. Yeah. But clown sort of wrenches the mic back and smacks himself in the face, stumbles backward and falls on his bum uh, where he's, he happens to have a horn and goes, as, as he falls down, you know, suddenly. Grabs everyone's attention. Suddenly everyone goes, what the hell? I haven't I haven't seen this sort of slapstick in forever. Yeah. And he stands up and the, the comedian fellow he's, he's tussling with sees what's happening as well. And then, like, you know, goes and dumps a bucket of the uh, the ice water on his head from off stage, and, yeah. and they continue this sort of weird slapstick routine, mm. which then, of course, uh, gathers, gets the Everyone attention back. laughing. Guy steals back the item, and the, but he has to escape because it, he steals it, but he gets chased. It's a well, very I think, tight No, scene. you know what? I reckon what? that in within his performance, he has to also steal the amulet. Do you know what ah, I mean? The performance yes. is so good. That he might go into the audience and the boss, the big boss man's there of the nightclub and he starts doing his comedy with him in the uh, audience cause, cause and everyone's walk, laughing. They're walking, and, the, the guy who's recovered it, yeah. he got caught and he's being walked out through the audience. Yeah. Clown comes Bring off stage, up, does yeah, a whole victim, comedy act. Comedy and, act with him to kind of sneak and gets the amulet. And uh, and we've got to have that moment where he has the amulet and he thinks about activating it. Yeah. He's not sure true. if it's going to work or not. He's got to do that. And it starts to glow. It starts to glow. But, but he shuts it down. He shuts it down. He turns around and he yeah. pulls off one last little caper. Yeah. And, and then gets, they, and escapes out of the And they club. escape. Yeah. And and there we go. Like, we don't really have to see it go off to save the world. No. Well, he could just give it and he just gives it over to just the Just hands it over the guy. Because that's pretty much the guy wanders of off. Yeah. And then we're left, you know, the, the opening image was sort of, uh, he was in his lecture theatre. And we have the closing image. He can sort of walk over and sort of stand by a desk, put his hand on it off stage, and sort of look glum. He's like, going, oh, "Great, well, that was just like the best of my career, but how do I do it?" And the other comedian who was supposed to go on, he, he tussled with him, comes up and says, "Hey, we well, could be a Jew. This is this is a this is a thing." Yeah. And they sort of look at each other, 
High jump up, high five. <laughs> and, Pi- the- and pies fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and the high fives miss and they slap each other in the face and yeah. fall over backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, okay. So there we go. And the audience could laugh, right? But like, that's yeah. it. And that's, that's a closing image, which is kind of, it, it shows something much like that opening image, but it gives us uh, uh, the growth. Yeah. So he's, he's found out that what he really needs is stop trying to come up with pranks and so forth, do pratfalls. Yes. And he needed a partner. Yeah. Because trying to do it all on his own yeah. wasn't working. Which we could flesh that out a bit more, some of his negatives earlier. Like that's the thing, maybe he would have been um, nasty to the other people in the class and maybe even someone was offering to be his partner and he was like, no, 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 Yeah, the best comedians are solo. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. could be a little bit of extra meatiness there in those opposites. So, But that is the three-act structure as demonstrated through the Sad clown. The sad clown. <laughs> or whatever. That's what the movie's going to be the, called. The Not the Joker. The Golden Emlet or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the three-act structure. So let's apply that same structure to Killer Clowns and see where they came up. So this film starts a lot like you really need to think about this film like The Blob, uh, Body Snatchers, uh, you know, any alien invasion film. It's pretty the Independence Day. I mean, it's a similar type of story. So what we're going to then expect is, you know, a small town, people living their daily lives are in the setup. We need to see who are those key characters. So at the setup here, we've got, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, main uh, young Mike and Debbie. Uh, we've got those brothers. I can't quite remember their name off the top yeah, of my head. You've got the, and then you've got the, the various other sort of teens. The guy with a really recognisable glasses. <clears throat> yeah. Because uh, you find the glasses later. The glasses you, you smashed need... up. And then the, the sheriff, you know, as we talked about before, John Vernon, you know, the sheriff, he's just pissed off at every he, he teenager that he comes across. Bloody kids. Bloody kids. Um, and yeah, so the setup is basically that, you know, it's like, you know, typical American youth in a small country town. There's nothing to do. So it's a jumping Friday night though. Yeah. And it's a Friday night happening. Um, sheriff pulls in a couple of college kids for drinking wine, a couple of punks. Punks. Um, yeah. And they, I think they do say that line back. They're like, Hey, there's like. Nothing really to do. We're just, but we're not bothering anyone. We're just we're here. Just, having we, all... we live in the town. We're yeah, just walking we're, through. Yeah. Um, I mean, this this opening and setup is almost identical to the Blob. Yeah. So they're at makeout point. Yep, makeout point. And we, you know, uh, various couples. We get the save the cat here because these, uh, you know, Mike. It is, it yeah, is Mike, Mike Tobacco yeah. and Debbie Stone. I'm just <laughs> where they come up with that from. But Mike and Debbie are up there at Makeout Point, but they're not getting too heavy. No. In fact, he sort of kisses it and then rolls over and they talk. Yeah, which is much like uh, in the Blob, where yeah. where the yeah I can't remember his name is, but you know uh, Heston was it? No. Uh, um, oh, who's who's the? Uh, it's not not um, Steve McQueen. McQueen, that's, yeah, it. that's McQueen, it. McQueen. Is kind of a bit awkward and goofy. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're going. Oh, they're at makeout points. So, the, but they're not the bad teens. No, no. Because they're they're actually sort of talking and they're yeah. getting on. They're looking at the stars. Looking at the stars. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a just a fun night. And then yeah. the instead of you know in the blob, it was the drag race. Yeah. And and in this one here, it's the ice cream van yes. comes along and these these Terenzi brothers <laughs> who are like goofy and dopey and they're trying to sell the ice cream and they get. Basically, 
told to go away. Yeah. But even that, Mike is like, oh, they're so, you know, they're they're just funny. If you want a good time, you hang out with them. I like them. Which kind of saves him. Again, he's not. He's not like a mean bully or anything. No. He was actually having a bit of a laugh with these guys. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So so that's it. And then of course the the cop rolls through and you know catches a couple of punks and, yeah. and you, you get that whole setup where you got the bad cop and then the, the good cop. Yeah. Who's young. The, the younger one who's who's like, you know, we should be doing the right thing and yeah. you gotta do this by the book. And mm. again, that's that's the blob. Yeah, and it's it's save the cat for him, isn't it? It's telling yeah. you know, he's the good cop. The old cop's just kind of not necessarily a super nasty cop, but he's just the old school type. He's know? he's grumpy and he's grumpy. he doesn't like damn kids. Damn tooligans. Uh And anyway, Debbie and the others in particular notice this meteor come over the top, flash down, crash landing. Uh, again, very similar to the blob. And, and then I'm, I'm they talk sure about going insta- to chase after it. Well, instantly here we cut to the old dude with his dog, yeah. which... That has to be a direct reference to the blob. I think it is that, like yeah. because it, this is the it's exact a farmer Joe. Exactly the the blob. The old guy sees the thing crash down and goes investigates. Yeah, except this guy, he looks at him and goes, "What in tarnation?" <laughs> <laughs> he really. Well, really I'll be hornswoggled. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, we're going to have lots of visitors here, Jesse, or whatever." To his dog, and yeah, and and he, he for some reason he takes like a. Uh, a billy can on a spade yeah. over his shoulder, prospecting style, <laughs> walks off into the tree. Like, this, uh, if this was not them going directly, hey, yes, yeah. we've seen the blob, just in case you're wondering. Because, yeah, it is It is an old man that on a farm yep. porch goes out, what, what in damnation is that? And goes off looking for it and, of course, touches the blob. And, yeah, yeah, and, and this is what this guy does. He goes and he discovers this circus tent. lit up. Circus tent. It's pretty cool, actually. It's not just a circus tent. It's it's like neon lights yeah. um, and lots of fairy lights, kind of anchoring it down to the ground. So it's it's a really cool look. And he sort of navigates it, and you can't see where the entrance is either. Um, and what's a really clever effect here is then, as he's walking, you see a shadow of a clown, but on the inside. Yes. Yeah, like kind of stalking him. Um, and is it that a part of the uh, tent sort of zips and yeah. the dog gets sucked in? He, yeah, a big net catches big the net, dog, pulls right, it yeah. in. Pulls him in, the and, dog's gone. And this guy punches the wall, but it's really hard. Yeah, that's It's not a tent. Trick, he goes, yeah. oh, I'm going to rip this place apart. <laughs> and then he grabs the line, gets electrocuted. Mm. It's just the whole thing. And the, the clown comes out then. Yes. And shoots him with a, a ray. Yes. We don't really see what happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just... It's pretty funny because it was Haley's Comet, which in 88, was it 87 or 88 that Haley's Comet came past? It was past. around that era, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I remember going out and, you know, trying to have a look at it and yeah. can't see Jack. Yeah. But I looked. We all looked. So there you go. So in 75 <laughs> years' time, it'll come back around and I'll be like 90 or something mm. or 80, 80 something. Anyway. Anyway. Who knows? I won't care then either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so. Mike Tobacco, <laughs> Mike, and Debbie. And Mike and Debbie come, yeah, are looking, and they find the tent, yeah. and this is kind of the, uh, you know, the inciting incident here. It Cause, is, yeah, because totally. that that first bit there was just establishing some of the rules, some of the things, yeah, you know, like some of the characters and the fact that this this tent is dangerous, but we still don't really know what the movie's going to be about mm. until Mike and Debbie come across it. And they they're going to um, they investigate, and they go in and, and they they 
<laughs> you know, it, it's they press some of the buttons that goes. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they, they come and they see this, this great big chamber with you know power supply, and they're going, "Is this a missile silo or yeah. a nuclear reactor or something?" Yeah. Uh, and then they find the fairy floss and the popcorn, and they, they pull one of the fairy floss open, and there's a dead guy there. Yes. And so I think they go, oh, that's old man, so and so. Yeah, old man Withers from the amusement park, and and this is, I think, this is where they go. Oh, we have to like basically warn the town. Yeah. And and this is as the audience you go, ah, okay, so now they're going to be trying to warn the town while the clowns are wreaking havoc. Will anyone be warned in and time? They're spotted by the clown who shoots the sticky popcorn. The popcorn gun at him. Yes, yeah, so it gets stu- some of it gets stuck it, on them. Evidently, that was the most expensive prop at seven thousand dollars. <laughs> It was actually fired popcorn. There we go. So, which I don't know. It seems expensive. Like they could have just thrown popcorn because most of the popcorn was coming from off screen. Yeah. So sure, they were throwing popcorn. Why they spend seven grand on getting a gun design that would shoot popcorn? I don't know. So, and as they're chased off, that's what we talked about. The balloon dog, which is really cool. One of the clowns comes (laughs) out and he like creates a balloon dog, but the dog's alive. Like an alive balloon dog sniffs after them and all that. And and I think that makes it a little bit more. Serious, doesn't it? Um, and and it's there's a great shot here where so they they escape um, Debbie and Mike, um, but there's a great sh- I really liked this shot because you, you basically see them disappear in their car. They hop in their car and I think they run one hops on the bonnet and they yeah. fall off. They keep running, but the shot is then the guy that fell off the car. He stands up and in the foreground it's him. Background, it says the town, the yeah. town's name, and then he starts walking down the road and then you just have one clown after another yeah. all kind of coming down sporadically and they just hold that shot maybe for 30 seconds and it's just, but it's just such a great, I think, yeah, taking us to the next kind of key pit in the story because it's like, oh, okay, here's, here is the story. Yeah. Small town, aliens have landed, they're killer clowns and now they're coming to We're town. We're getting to act two because... Yeah. Debbie and Mike made their decision yep. to to try and save people, rescue the town. Yeah, and then and the of clowns course, are coming. Act two, the the promise of the premise is the clowns descending on the town. It's not just mm. one clown. No, it's a whole whole variety gaggle of, of yeah, a whole clan of killer clowns. And you know, the filmmakers here they show us these clowns. Like you know, there's a really tall, big one. There's kind of a chubby one. You know, there's a little smaller one. You know, there's a whole variety of sizes. Yeah, and I love that as well. Yeah, it, it made them sort of, I suppose, have little characters. And in Act 2, we do it fun and games quite literally. Yeah. Where we just sort of, we cut between um, Mike trying to convince the police to they, you know, to take him seriously. Yeah. Old Mooney is like, yeah, clowns. And even the young cops sort of like, okay, I'm kind of a little bit... Yeah, this is a bit off too far. On this, but you said that you saw dead people. Yeah, so we and should so investigate. I've got to investigate that. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. Well, what if you're... there's only yeah. Maybe the other stuff is kind of you being a little bit wacko. Yeah. But we can't just go, oh, you dead people, whatever, and forget about it. <laughs> so yeah, they go off. So, we, but we cut them between that and the clowns mm. clowning around. That's right. You know, they, they come with uh, pizza delivery <laughs> and little candy gram. Yeah. And they're in the pharmacy, just sort of knocking. Bottles, you know, they're just yeah. clumsily going through, and the pharmacist, poor old man Myers, is sitting there going, "Oh, oh my, oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, what's that? The, the clown pretends to be like the the animatronic gorilla statue yeah, out it. the front, yeah. and 
Yeah, it's hooning down the yeah. highway next to someone <laughs> yeah, on a mi- in a mime car. Yeah, in a mime car. So it's an invisible car. You can yeah. see headlights, and that's kind of pretty cool. And yeah, and, a- and and it's it's funny, isn't it? This is where Fun and Games is a really good example of the tone of the film because they kind of zap people. But at this in these sec- uh, sequence of scenes, it's not like they're zapping people, and you know. Blood's being splattered all over a room, or you know they're not zapping people in automatically into those things. So there's kind of a bit of tongue in cheek with these. It's almost like they could be pranks. Yeah. Uh, whereas later, once you hit past the midpoint, that's when things get more serious. Yeah. So here it is more the fun of like, what if killer clowns came to your front door? You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I- uh, and we have the clown at the like burger joint. Yes. Oh, that was that was <laughs> honestly the little, very creepy. That yeah, was, yeah, luring the little girl. I could see that um, one being quite scary. And this because, is what I mean. It kind of started to get so you, you had that and he also had the the bikies, who that one sort of, <laughs> oh, you know, he comes down and he's little yeah. try, and then he's like, you know, you want to fight. And, of course, he stands up to him and he knocks his head off. Yeah, someone says, oh, he's going to knock your block off. Yeah. And you kapoong. And, and the he actually does. <laughs> it flew off. <laughs> Decapitated. And they all ran for it, of course. Yeah, yeah. But you see them later on at the burger joint. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah. You're like, your mate just had his head punched off. <laughs> like, like his head was, it's not like he got punched in the head and broke his neck. No. His, his head his was head punched f- off. Off, yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, dear me. Um, yeah, and so I think Mike and Dave go up looking yeah, and they don't find, they don't the, find the, the, the thing. So circus tent. the circus tent, the spaceship, and so he and they drop Debbie off. Debbie women should stay, go home and be safe. But, yeah, they go see they can't find the spaceship. So then he arrests Mike uh, and he, he goes back to town. And then on the way back, this is where they see that scene you were t- talking about before that, this one clown's doing shadow puppets um, to these people waiting on a bus stop mm. and then swallows them whole. So that was a really uh, cool uh, idea. I love that. That shadow puppets broke, cracked me up as well because he's, he's doing the little bunny rabbit and the mm. whatever and then he sort of moves his hand around and shows up and it's the crossing of the Delaware, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, a whole boat yeah. full of people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, There's no way you're thinking. No. Anyway, that's, that's just a little gag. It's a little it? gag there, but yeah. But I, I had to laugh at that that they actually did that. So I think Mike believes, sorry, the the cop, um, Dave, believes Mike now because he sees the shadow puppet do its thing. Uh, and and this is where we're, I think we're moving into the, the midpoint here because now, yeah. now they call Mooney and Mooney has been just ignoring everyone, thinking the whole town is trying to drive yep. him out of his job. Yep. And I love that earlier in the town, earlier on he said, no one's going to make a... Uh, Mockery out of me. A dummy. A, yeah, dummy. Dummy out of me. And, of course... A clown walks in the, the police station and it's a, it gets a little bit more serious here because the clown, we don't see what happens, but when Mike and Dave turn up and they find all the funny footprints everywhere yeah, or maybe it's just footprints. Dave there, but anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the clown sitting on the desk stool chair, yep. office chair with Mooney mm. who's looking a lot like a puppet, yeah, a, a dummy, like who a says, don't worry, Dave, we just want... To kill you, <laughs> which of course is now this. As you said previously, it could have sort of been a bit, though, a bit comical. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, comical. and people were just being turned to candy canes, fairy floss, whatever that stuff's called. Mm. Uh, but then he pulls a bloody hand out from the back of the yeah. chief and pushes him over. And uh, okay, now this is this actually is serious. They yeah. said something. They're going to kill us, and they've just killed someone properly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's sort of that midpoint now where. 
you're no longer just sort of having the fun and games, but it's serious now. Yeah, and Debbie um, Debbie kind of has a shower and she's tossed this popcorn off and um, you see it, as it says, it's, I really liked that. The popcorn moves. It must have been stop animation for the era yeah. and the popcorn kind of stretches. It's very much like a caterpillar um, sort of style. That I found actually quite creepy. And anyway, then when she gets out of the shower and um, dries up and the hamper is like this, these popcorns, I guess they're growing into the clowns, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. But they're kind of like snake-like creature, weird, creepy beak face things. So, again, it's, and they try to attack her, you know, and bite her. They've got big teeth. Uh, and she just narrowly, uh, I think, knocks one out so and maybe a, squishes a couple down. And... At least two, maybe three movies, I think, being referenced here. One yeah. of them was Psycho. Yep. Whenever you have a shower scene, <laughs> it's a reference to Psycho, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. You just can't. I don't know how you would film a shower scene like in a horror film without it immediately being Psycho. Yeah. But what I really liked about this is she reaches up and grabs the shower curtain and we get a quick shot of the shower being ripped off the rings, yeah, yeah. which is psycho, psycho isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Except she's done it to throw over the monsters to escape. Mm. So that's nice. The other one is the critter comes out of the toilet. Yeah. And we talked about ghoulies. I think ghoulies was the one with it. You know, I the think to- Gremlins does that, actually. The toilet, Gremlins, yeah. yeah. Gremlins a does it. Toilet monster comes out yeah, of the toilet. Yeah. Gremlins does it. But I think Grem- it's either critters or ghoulies. One of those two yeah. has something come out of the toilet. Yeah. And then, of course, the washing hamper. Mm. Which is, you know, like I mentioned basket case before with yeah. monster in the basket. So there's kind of this, I'm pretty sure they've just gone, hey, let's, let's <laughs> get, you know, we're, Grab we're, all the moments we're that aware work. that we're being sort of silly. And yeah. all of these bits. And, you know, I, I really loved the shower curtain bit where she ripped it off because it was just that quick shot. And I went, yep, that's, that's it. That's yeah. psycho right there. So she escapes. Mike and Dave um, rock up. Well, she doesn't escape. She tries to escape. But she gets, she finally gets cornered, oh, yeah. and she's for some reason she's, put in a balloon. Yeah, she is. That's right. She's cornered by the clown. Then the clown. Yeah, that's right. And she's put into a balloon, which is different to the other ones. And that's right. Then Mike and Dave, they come across again. This is more serious now. Is that people have been turned into those uh, um, cocoon things? Cocoon yeah. things on the street. So those. So you start to sort of see the picture. So the clowns that came into town that were doing all the pranks that were turning everyone into the cocoons. And then now we have this clown on these clowns on a big sort of vacuum sweep up thing, and they're sucking up those. Yeah, it's cocoons. suddenly becoming so this is a real operation. This here. is a this massive is... operation, and also like wow, they've really wiped out the town. And um, uh, yeah, and then they come across. Yeah, that's right. They come across the Tenzi brothers or whatever they're called again in their ice cream the van, ice cream van, yes, which has a clown on the top of it. Yes, which it's had it the whole time, but yeah, it became a bit more noticeable now, and. Um, um, they realise that Debbie has, is in the balloon. They must see that, right? I yeah, because yeah. you see her bang against the, the, That's right, the yeah. side and, of it. And so they try to chase after this kind of clown car. Um, oh, but, Dave, but Dave is chasing him too in his police car with a siren yeah, going. That's right. And the Terenzi brothers being silly. They go, oh, better pull over, better stop, and they slam on the brakes. And the cop car hits the back yeah. and the engine smoke comes up. So yeah. you know that the cop car's out of it. 
Yes. Which is great because now the only thing they can chase it in is this ice cream truck. Mm. And it's not as fast no, as it's a useless. spaceship or <laughs> whatever it is. They, they lose them and it's great because then you see them rock up at this amusement park. And as you said, the security guard's like, hey, what's going on here, boys? What are you doing with those pies? What are you doing with those pies, boys? And he just gets slammed. And so Pie. here we're heading into almost the end of Act 2 because then Mike and Dave and the Tenzie brothers are like, well you know, where do you think she is? And they're like, well, maybe that amusement, the old amusement park kind of thing. Um, and so they they go, well, we need to go there. And this is where they're, you know, they get there and they're, they're having that discussion. Like, you know, I think Dave says, well, we should talk to them and rationalise with them. And then, mm. so this is the thing, they've got a plan is like, let's go in, save Debbie. We've got to confront these things. And I think does the Tenzie say, well, what happens when they don't talk? And he says, well, we shoot them. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah. Because uh, does he know about the, the clown? No, he does. He no. shot that clown in the nose in the police station. That's right, yeah. Yes, and it's, it's nose. Of course, how do you kill a killer clown? You pop its nose. Pop its nose, yeah. And then it spins around and explodes yeah. in confetti or something crazy. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, they're going in there and they're engaging in their plan. And they do, they find Debbie. There's a bit of a close call and they get Debbie out. Yeah, and they do find that clown drinking... Yes, this is, that's that, the... So that's the sort of idea is that, okay, well, it's obviously eating the humans or whatever. Yeah, they're yeah. consuming us. That's yeah. kind of the answer to why they're here. Yeah. And With yeah. one of those ridiculously curved, twirly yeah. straws <laughs> and takes it takes forever to drink from. And it, and it yeah, takes uh, you know, ages for the camera to move its way up this yeah. ridiculous straw as slurp and just to increase that sort of horror, mm. I suppose it is. Yeah. And they, they, they get chased by the clowns. So this is still the... The plan looks like it's working. Yes. But then they get caught in, their, in this room. They go through all these little doors and they come out and they go, oh, we're, we're kind of stuck here. Yeah, we're surrounded by Surrounded clans. and the, the ice cream van comes smashing in. Yeah. And that kind of stuns them for a moment. They think, oh, great, we got out. But then the great big uh, clown. Unless it was called Jojo it. the Clownzilla. The Clownzilla comes down like and starts smashing into this ice cream truck and they now if you watch this closely this is some special effects mastery here because it's very similar to something like power rangers yeah you have a guy in a costume but he's been shot so he looks a lot bigger so the way the camera angles yeah. are when he gets the ice cream truck the ice cream truck is just like a cardboard cutout yeah and he picks it up and throws it across the room you know so they've masterfully cut between the real ice cream truck and this cardboard Cut yeah, out, it's, you know? It's quite a good fake little truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it it's, it's quite convincing. Yeah, it's, and it's it blows right up. Scale and yeah, and it blows up. It blows up that. with the Terenzi brothers inside. Yeah, and so. then Dave says, Mike, Debbie, get out of here. I'll get him. And he shoots a couple of the clowns. He's, he's run out of bullets and Clownzilla picks him up. And you get this nice sort of special effect of the dolly getting picked up. Mm. And, and Mike and... Uh, Debbie. Debbie run out and they're kind of running out of the amusement park and they see all these cop cars coming towards them. So they're sort of got into safety, right? Yeah, but Mike is... Dave. Dave is still behind these, these generic names. Dave <laughs> is still being, you know, about to be crushed. But Squeezed he, to death. He sees his police badge Yeah, because he believes in his police badge. Mm. And he pulls Picks it out and... By pops, the power of Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, pops the clown's nose, which... Causes Clownzilla to explode, yeah, and the whole circus tent, of course, explodes, yeah, and confetti is you know Spread down, and then you hear, 
when a clown card drops out. Yeah. And of course, for some reason, the, the Terenzi brothers and Dave get out. Yeah. So and it's okay. not really like in the Terenzi brothers, oh, we hid in the ice cream, you know, yeah. freezer. That's fine. But how did you get in the little escape pod? Yeah. How did you? Okay. Well, fine. Yeah. Yeah. They were just kind of, and that's when they look up the sky and says, do you think that's the last we'll see of them? And of course, pies. They get pied. Pied. <laughs> And that's where we end. That's the end. Yeah. yeah so it's the, um, I suppose the opening image was teens trying to find a way to have fun. Yeah. And the closing image is, I think you've had all the fun you've, you've had. had. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Pied in the face. Pied in the face. That's it. It's done. The end. The the end. So it's quite a bit, bit of a, a, a silly romp. One that I, I still want to know how that pitch meeting goes. Yeah. How, like, because. <laughs> How'd they sell they're that? They're going, okay, we want. Scary clowns. And people are going, oh, yes, Stephen King, it. Um, everyone knows clowns can, can be quite frightening because yeah. they're supposed to be funny, but they could be scary. And, yeah, okay, they're aliens. Okay, I can still see that. Yep, some sort of not – why why are they clown aliens? Are they actual clown aliens? No, no, the aliens just happen to look like clowns. Yeah, right. And so you can imagine the, the, the producer's still going, okay, okay, so they probably won't literally look like clowns. They'll just have, you know, features that – in silhouette clown. could be... Con, no, you know, these could construed. be clowns. Yeah, and there's like... Yeah, I, I don't know. And then they've got a balloon dog <laughs> and a popcorn gun. But, but, <laughs> right, my but to you is, of course, like anything, as we said, when this came out, late 80s, we've had a whole bunch of those other films. Oh, yes. Right, so we've had Critters and we've had Gremlins and we've had... Uh, creatures of the deep. We've had, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, kind of that type of, you know, journey into the unknown. We've we've had Alien, the real serious stuff, and and then at the same time, they might have they might not they might have been pitching this more like you know it's like Porky's but killer clowns. Yeah, it, it's like Critters but they're killer clowns. You know, it's it's um it's like Goonies. But they're killer clowns, you know. You know, it's 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 Friday the Thirteenth, but a little bit younger. They're killer clowns, and, and so the producers it's like meant well, yeah, to be funny, yeah. And, and they might <laughs> oh. be like, well, yeah, we haven't, you know, we've had little furry creatures, and we've had toad-like creatures, and we've had the scary big alien creatures, and we've had Predator, and like, yeah, okay, and we've had the serial killer with the axe thing, you know. All right, yeah, like, why don't we try a clown? Like, let's try clowns, you know. We, you know, let's try it. Yeah, uh, it, you could almost, you know, the rise of AI right now, right? You could almost say, AI, write me a sci-fi horror comedy and an AI might go, killer clowns, you know, like, because it's like, well, it hasn't been done, right? It's just, it's almost like that. Like, you could imagine them in the opposite, sorry, which is like, oh, hey, yeah, I've got a great idea for a movie. It's going to be these little furball things. Alien- oh, it's already been done. mm Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Like, what if it's like a scaly kind of dinosaur creature? It's already been done. Yeah. What if it's like a warrior? No, it's already been done. You know, you got to give us something that hasn't been done. All yeah. right, clowns that are aliens. Oh, okay, we haven't. You've got my attention. Yes. And I want them to be totally clowns. So the spaceship is a circus tent, and their dog is a balloon dog. Why not? <laughs> Why not? You Why know? not? Something yeah. uh, actually. When this closed and the, the credits rolled, I sat there and I thought. At what point did special effects change? Because I know that action films pivoted on, the, Park. on the Matrix. Jurassic Park. And that's, and that's what I came up with as well. It was 100% Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park is where yeah. special effects pivoted from, you know, 
that yeah. style. Because even we're talking about Predator, for example. Well, no, Alien. No, so, no, so Jurassic Park is the beginning of computer special effects in movies. Yeah. And so I, anything before, which I think Jurassic Park's 92, 93. Yeah. So anything before that, there is some computer special effect movies and bits and bobs. But when you start to talk about like now what is in a movie where people are thrown upside down and they can be murdered by nothing, you know, right? Yeah. Like an alien would just be totally, like these clowns would probably be digital now, right? So Jurassic Park is that film that did that. that, that, that and that's, that's the point I came up with because I was thinking at the same sort of time we had, I said Alien was about 10 years ago, like that. Yeah. but Aliens, the sequel, was 86, I think yeah. it was. Um, and we had, I said, Predator and Terminator and uh, I'm trying to think of the... I think there was probably Total Recall. Was that 92 or yeah, 80? It was about 92. Something, but that was, you know, all of that sort of special effects is that same sort of thing, you know, very practical. Yeah, practical. Some, some yeah. green screen type stuff and yep. some claymation type stuff. And that's why the costumes are so great in this because then, that's where they put all the money, yeah. In 93, dinosaurs came alive and then after that, like that, that was just a, a pivot and suddenly... We, you could make. I remember there's a whole bunch of movies came out. Hmm. First of all, just a whole heap of dinosaur movies came out because yeah. they just bought the same dinosaurs. Yeah. Basically, said, give us them, and went you for spent it. two years making them. Okay, yeah, we'll buy them off you. Unless <laughs> yeah. well, we we'll license them one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought it was just interesting to see that. Yeah, you get these pivotal moments in yeah. these movies because yeah, the Matrix was where action films changed. Yep. And because I was watching Blade, you know Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. So Blade One was eighty uh, nine, mm. no ninety nine. Yeah, I was going to say that must be in the nineties, eh? It was just before. It was just before the Matrix. Okay, so it's ninety eight or something. Yeah, because Matrix is ninety nine. It was ninety eight, and so Blade One, you're sort of watching it going, and it was sort of heading in that sort of direction because it was based off a comic book, mm. and Matrix was heavily inspired by manga and anime and, yeah, yeah. and comic books as well. But then Blade Two came along. Which is a year after the Matrix, mm. and yeah, it was, you could see it was Blade, but you could see it was Influ- the Matrix, <laughs> they, <laughs> influenced by the Matrix. Yeah, they went yeah. okay. So now the fight scenes, we're going to change them up a bit. Yeah. They threw in some more, uh, the you know, computer animation in the fight scenes to get yeah. the acrobatics going, and yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was that Blade One and Blade Two is just. Because they hinge one either side of the matrix, you can just see yeah. the effect that happened. Because they would have been in probably either fully towards the end of production or in post production when Matrix hit the cinemas, mm. and they would have had to look at that and go, well, "We've got to do something. Gonna, we have to be as good as that." Yeah, we, yeah we've got to change the stuff here because yeah. this is a bit lame. Let's you know, yeah. less costuming, more you know, acrobatics yeah. and pizzazz. And so yeah, you see movies like this. And then after, yeah, after Terminator 2, because that was like that liquid metal stuff, yeah, and then yeah. Jurassic Park, no movie was able to go back to no. purely practical. There had to yeah. be some element of graphics in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty interesting anyway. But so let's talk about then our ladder. Mm. And so our ladder has got a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of movies on it. So we like to look at this as, as a way of organizing a viewing yeah. session or a Trilogy of films. Yep. Um, so tell me, what was your ladder looking like? What's your bit? So look, I I really, I, I think that you could watch this with some others. Like we looked at Invasion and Body Snatchers and um, The Blob. 
if you want to kind of go that way, that was one angle. But I also thought more along the lines of I loved the brother from another planet. Yeah. And I just thought that this brother from another planet and this, they are a similar vintage. I think brother from another planet is a little bit older again, but it just had some of those same quirks and traits and costumes that, yeah, I think if you watch those two films together, that that would be a really great sort of viewing. If if you sort of break it down over the, the course of a weekend, um, I think also Gantz, Gantz Zero, Zero yes. would would also be, yeah, be killer, like a kind of interesting sort of give you that yeah the oddball just, sort with of. Gantz Zero the oddness of the horror, you know, yeah. and so this film had some it was much more absurd and silly than Gantz, but there there is some moments here, like we said, the clown with the little kid knocking the bikey's head off, um, those actual cocoons, like there's some revulsion in this film that also is like Gantz, I suppose, you know, yeah. to a bit of an extreme version of the comedy, uh, even their masks and their teeth at times. Like it, it, there's kind of some really cool grossness in it. So I kind of think Brother from Another Planet, more similar vintage and, again, Alien that lands here, a little bit of a, you know, different type of arc. Um, and then Gantz just to kind of match up that, hey, this is some weird horror going on. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's another way of looking at Weird creature horror. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because I, I picked Gansir as well. Oh, there I, you go. <laughs> obviously, the image of those clowns, and I remember Gansir. If you haven't seen Gans, you're just hearing us talking about you got to go watch that. Oh, you so got to, yeah. It's a Japanese animation. Yeah, horror. And it, is, it, it really excited my imagination. <laughs> I watched it and I just thought, this is just so interesting. It's so different. Like it, it's, it's very different. It, it really... Go, I mean, even for anime, it's kind yeah. of a bit different. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I didn't go for Brother and Another Planet, though. I went Paul. Yeah. Again, an alien yeah, cool. arrival. Comedy. But in this case, it was communication. Yeah, yeah. And he is a clown yeah. as such. <laughs> uh, but I liked I liked the idea of yeah, just sort of having that other sort of view of mm. aliens coming along. The, yeah, that's You cool. don't have to be afraid of them. Yeah. You could also be friends with them. Yeah. Awesome. And so what's your ladder out there in listening land? Is it matching what we're talking about or have you got different suggestions? So, yeah, let us know. Hit us up on socials. What is your ladder or what other films would you like to watch with this film? Um, And, yeah, send us a message. So what about Act 3, Science Time? Sorry, what science do you want to pick out of this? Yeah, Clowns? This is tough, clowns. <laughs> clowns are pure science. Because I, I don't know, like, you know, popcorn. I mean, popcorn's yeah. got some interesting science behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I was, I was interested because the mention in the film here towards the end was saying, well, maybe our idea of clowns was formed by these aliens having visited us I in like the that. past. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. Well, um, but obviously we didn't take them as horror creatures. We had converted them into these comedies, mm. humour, yeah. which yeah. made me question, well, well, hang on, why do humans have a sense of humour? Mm. Like evolutionary, why is it? Because you don't see dogs making jokes. No, that would um, be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> you know, birds can be quite intelligent, but again, they're not, they're not, they don't have stand-up comedians. Right. You know, they, they again, just that of, would be funny. Yeah, and in many ways you're sort of thinking uh, comedy and humour is, is almost, it, it could be um, Negative trait, yeah, because it's yeah. people laughing out loud might attract predators. Uh, the um, just wasting time coming up with comedy, it just sort of seems you should be surviving, right? Mm. So, but 
clearly humans have a sense of humour yeah. and enjoy comedy, enjoy a bit of a laugh. We do. Which means that those traits either didn't um, prevent us from surviving mm. or more likely they actively helped us survive. And so those people who had a good sense of humour were the ones who bred more and so we tend to have more humour in the world. Mm. And so I, I thought it was quite interesting and it turns out it is quite interesting. A number of people have done this you know, investigation. Mm. Where does humour come from? How old is humour? And the oldest, the, uh, sorry, the, the youngest it could possibly be is probably from the fact that some of the earliest encounters with Australian Aboriginals included the Aboriginals making jokes and right. laughing, mm. right? which means it appears that the, the, the local Australians have a sense of humour, which is yeah, probably quite important for them. Yeah. You've got to laugh or you'll cry. That's all right. One of those things. But that means, of course, they've got a, um, you know, they have been genetically isolated for, you know, at least 35,000 years. Yeah. They've been continuously here for anywhere up to 60,000, depending on whereabouts in Australia you look. Yeah. So that's, you know, humour is at least that old. Mm. That, that's, a, that's a recorded, you know, um, what are you, a verifiable fact yes. is that humour has been around since then. You know, like because 35,000 years ago, uh, that's when the, the connection between Australia and the rest of the world stopped. Mm. So the Aboriginals who came to Australia obviously already had a sense of humour. Going back, you know, how far back does humour go? Uh, we don't have any other records to indicate. Yeah. But they have had a look at like the brain cavities, the skulls of proto-humans and had a look at their brain size and humour resides in the, prefront, the, the frontal cortex. Mm. So, and we know this because we have studied um, people with brain damage and people with epilepsy mm. uh, and some forms of schizophrenia. Right. Which all affect various parts of the, the frontal cortex, uh -huh. which includes you know the higher orders of decision making, impulse control, uh, and um, so forth. You know, so you can imagine uh, epileptic seizures, for example, of you know cause scrambling of brain signals, so the body doesn't control itself properly. Mm -hmm. And they know that there's there's certain types of epilepsy and brain damage and um, uh, schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Those people don't have a sense of humour. Yeah, or right. they've got a very diminished sense of humour. You know, they'll they will be able to identify something that is supposed to be funny, mm. but they don't get it. Yeah, like it's like just forever not getting jokes and mm, and not sad. coming up with jokes. Yeah, well, I know, and you, and you sort of think, whoa, okay, yeah, that would be like you're just surrounded by people telling dad jokes all the time. <laughs> yeah, terrible. You'd be like my kids. Yes. They don't have a sense of humor, obviously, because I'm terribly funny and they never laugh. I know. I know. They laugh at me, not with me. So mm. maybe they do have a sense of humor. Yeah. But that's all really cool. So the evolutionary purpose of humor, because humor and laughter are associated, but they're not required because you can laugh from being tickled or as a release of anxiety, mm. which yeah, yeah. you could sort of say they're not, you know, Tickling is not something that we generally find fun. No. Tickling people is quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> but being tickled is kind of almost like Torture. you're being attacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's actually, humor is actually in the brain and it doesn't always cause laughter. As we all know, um, there are plenty of comedic films that I've watched and gone, 
uh, you know, Spinal Tap, for example. Mm. I watched this as Spinal Tap. I didn't laugh out loud once. Yeah. I found it all incredibly clever and very funny. And afterwards, talking to people, I laughed. Mm. But at the time, for some reason, I merely acknowledged its humor. Mm. So the process then by which evolution, um, you know, encourages a trait is if that trait gives you the ability to uh, breed mm. and pass it on. So it's genetics. It gets passed on. It becomes helpful. So a number of people have come up with you know, ideas of what is humor? How could it be helpful? How could it be useful? And so one of these uh, guys is uh, this fellow, Alexander. I don't have his first name, it seems. In 86, anyway, he, put, he, he published his work. One of the Skarsgårds. Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah. I think his last name is Alexander. But anyway, uh, so he was looking at this idea that um, humour is a way of socially advancing yourself because you're able to use it to sort of ostracise other people. You can have in-jokes mm. or you can use it to sort of tease people right. that other people then will laugh at what you're teasing and kind of form clicks and right, yeah, yeah. it'll actually and form bonding. groups, yeah. you know, so you can, um, it's, a, it's sort of a way of segregating groups or, or othering other people without having to be violent. Mm. And you can imagine a society that's able to form these kind of bonding and separation without killing each other, they're going to be able to survive. They'll, mm. they'll, they'll have more children, won't they? They will. So, I mean... Not the guy that's, that you're laughing about. It's not a really well-agreed sort of thought. So, like, yeah, that's minor, but it seems that's not all that common that putting other people down in Austin, that's some types of humour. Mm. And it's certainly been used in very diverse cultures. Uh, like in America, they have this notion of the roast, yes. which is sort of like a, a good nature. And I've never really kind of found them funny for the no, most neither part. neither have I. Often I kind of feel it's a little bit mean, but, like, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. I think so I, it works for them. Yep. Hurrah. Uh, I suppose we sort of do it sort of roasting in Australia, but it's probably not as pointed. No. But anyway, uh, there's another fellow, uh, Weisfeld, in 93. He published his work in 93. Uh, and he has this um, a general humour theory that suggests humour provides valuable social information to others while laughing provokes pleasurable feelings that positively reinforce the humorist. So in return, mm. the humorist, humorist, the jokester, gets forthcoming reciprocation, as he says, by putting an ally in a favourable disposition. Basically what he's saying is that <laughs> humour is a way of ingratiating yourself and making yourself look good without boasting. Yes. So you can, yeah, because we do, we all like the funny person because yep. laughter, it releases a bit of dopamine, we get it a does. bit of enjoyment out of it. So someone who can make other people laugh yep. can you know, influence people and move ahead. Yeah, and I think in social scenarios, it's also one of those things that if a group like you take a workplace or, or even just a group of people coming together, it's, again, it's a way of bonding that group. You know, the group might not know each other that well. If someone makes everyone laugh, there's a bonding moment. And, and you haven't, you've been able to form a, an, a social order without violence. Yeah, that's it. Like you haven't had to have a fist fight to see no. who's the toughest. No. You know, the guy who's made everyone laugh... Even the big tough guy will go, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah. You know, and so that it, it is quite good. So one of the major theories of what humor is, is incongruence. So this is, yeah, and you, you'll look at any stand-up routine. They all do this. So the idea is you have a setup which sets in motion a certain uh, thought or a certain context, like which is usually maybe sort of a, a common social norm. Yep. And then you'll have an ending, a punchline, 
which flips it, but still makes sense. Mm. So, you know, that's the, um, that's, that's the ones where you list three things that are crimes. Mm. Two of them are quite serious. And the third one is, you know, liking pineapple on pizza. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Crime as in it's not a good taste as opposed mm. to a crime with the first two was murder and, you know, robbery. Yeah. Yeah. And the third one's pineapple on pizza. And yeah, I'm sure everyone out there is laughing tremendously yeah, at this stage. But the idea here is by having humour, and that provokes a laughter, which is a positive response, which reinforces being humorous because being humorous in, you know, encourages and engages flexible thinking and flexible thought. It's a way of breaking patterns because the humour itself is a broken pattern. Mm. So you have this strong structure and then you break it. Mm-hmm. And in order to get it, you have to be able to uh, understand and break yourself out of your mould. Mm. And that grows our brain. Right. If you're not capable of getting jokes, then it's because you, you're not capable of thinking in a flexible enough fashion. Mm. And you'll find that you know, the really good stand-up comedians are very witty people. Mm. Like they're really quick thinkers. They're, they're, very, they're not necessarily really well-educated because they, they may or may not have a lot of education, but they will always be able to very quickly pick up topics, talk well on something. Mm. They, you know, they can flip things around because in order to be funny, you have to have a brain that can swap contexts mm, while retaining a linked pattern. Mm. through the whole lot so that would help us yeah for sure quite a lot and uh you know there's even there's more discovery people have gone how which came first in language or jokes Mm. and it's it's a chicken egg thing as people going well a lot of humor is from language Mm. and the concepts that can be conveyed but then there's fart jokes yeah (laughs) which uh uh pretty much every culture has a fart joke. Yeah. And the thought on that one there is you've got a pattern of something serious. Because you imagine the hunter, maybe they don't really talk our language, but the hunter comes back with a kill and he's like standing all proud and looking, you know, look at the food I brought. I am the greatest in the tribe. And then he lets off a fart, mm. which is something you're like, okay, that's not something that's, that's kind of, you know, smelly and a bit dirty and that's where your poo goes. And, mm. and it's a juxtaposition, but... You've also just said that you're the greatest and mightiest. So are you not just also expressing it? And there, therein lies humour, yeah, yeah. whether you've spoken or not. Mm. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised they didn't have any fart jokes yes. in this. <laughs> That's, yeah. they, they had one thing come out of a toilet, but they were missing fart jokes. And some of those yeah. clowns had big booties. They did. It would have been. In fact, there were big boobies as well. There was big boobies. There was that joke. Inflatable boobies, yeah, which yeah. was pretty bizarre. Oh, no. I know. I, I admit I laughed. <laughs> I laughed out loud that there was these girl clowns. Yeah. <laughs> and when the two brothers came up and, you know. The, they all had kisses all over them. Yeah, and they all had kisses all over them. You're like, just, it's just so bad. Mm. It's just, it's, it's that, that is, uh, that is porkies. Yeah, yes. that's yeah, yeah. just. The 80s all over, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Don't watch that. It doesn't age well. <laughs> it's a little bit rapey. Yeah. Um, Not in part of the consensual society that we have. No, there. no. It's sort of, it's, it's that time. I remember watching these films in the 80s. And in the 80s, it's, it's kind of, oh, yeah, she's unconscious. And he's like, you know, taking a photograph of her yeah. and, and kissing it. And you're like, and nowadays you're looking at it going, oh, that guy should probably be. Counseled yeah. and 
be taught something about consent yeah. because this is this is not good for her. She's not yeah. going to enjoy this situation. No, no. no. But anyway, uh, that aside, I think clowns. those alien blow up boobies were consensual because the <laughs> yeah. boys were stuck in the ball pit and, and, uh, and it was, they came up and hopped in. So. It, it was it was pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a girl clown. Yeah, um, to be funny. Yeah, have yeah blow I mean, up boobies. I mean, all the, all the boy clowns had great big wobbly bottoms and yes, uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. So the, that's it. the science of humor. There's so much more. I, yeah. I, I really had to sort of cut down that because it's a really fascinating topic. Yeah, for sure. You should get on there. There's there's some – goes back to Greek philosophers well, and, and all it, sorts. And it's a good connection back to this. The film is, again, doesn't go into it deeply, but it's brought up that idea of are these clowns – you know, did these clowns kind of keep coming back to Earth and created the concept of a clown? Well, I mean, even you know, so in they, the- So some of the way they – do attack and kill people, it's funny to us because it's a clown, but maybe this is just their behaviour that then we've adapted into comedy. Well, even I think the very concept of a clown, which is supposed to be a comedic thing, a harmless buffoon, yeah, killing people, mm. which when you actually then have a look at the clown, the mask, their, their teeth and they're, yeah, they're looking yeah. quite scary, that in itself is kind of that, you know, Initial setup with one context. Mm. Here's this sort of funny, lovable buffoon, and then the next context is no, actually they're terrifying monsters. Yeah, that's right. They that in itself is kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may not laugh at it if you're in the situation, but us on the outside, we're having a bit of a laugh at it because yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. It is denying your expectation. It's it's making you have to think of the situation in a new light. That's right. And but with the same facts. Yeah. Yeah, so there okay. you go. Okay, that brings us to the end of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, let us know what you thought. Did we miss anything? Did we pick up anything? Did you learn something? Do you want to have any final comments? And hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I've already said that. Any <laughs> of those places. Share us around. Wherever you're listening to podcasts, make sure you do give us a review or... Just share it with a friend. That's another way to help us out. Just get the word out about Space Brains. If you're still making a film, there's a bit of time. Get it in, submit. And if you're in the area, you can also come to the festival. So keep out of, uh, sorry, keep, not keep out of, keep a lookout on our socials because there will be more and more information about the event coming Tickets soon. will be released as soon as we get all the contracts yep. signed. As soon as everything's locked everything's in, finalized. then we'll, we'll kind of finalise the ticket sales and we'll start putting it out there. So it'd be great to see you at the festival. So let us know what you think about any of them and, and get in touch if you need to. Next episode, sorry. Next episode is a Korean sci-fi Ooh. action, cyberpunk, dystopian, post-apocalyptic thriller. Whew, that's a lot of things. It is. Um, I, I've not seen it. I know nothing more except that what I just said is called, I think it's Jungle. Yep. J-U-N-G underscore E. Yep. I'm assuming it's Jungle. So it's be Jungle or Jung... Junge. <laughs> Junge is German for child. Well, we will all find out. We'll so go check out, out the movie before the podcast release so that you can follow along at home. So yeah. Bye. Bye.